social conversations. Let's welcome our next A-team guest, uh, who is from Benchmark Foundation, David Van Veek. David, thank you very much for your time. Good evening. Good evening, and thank you for having me on your show. So uh, tell us more about uh, Benchmark Foundation, and uh, this is going to help us understand your stance about the recently held mining in Daba that was in Cape Town. Well, the Benchmark Foundation uh, was created by the South African Council of Churches. It's uh, an associate organization of the South African Council of Churches, and it was created after the first big conference on the environment in Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro, a long, long, long time ago. Um, and uh, basically, uh, Bishop Tutu and so on were all part of the, the founding initiative of this particular organization. And its job is to look at ethical investment um, and whether corporate behavior in South Africa changed post-apartheid from what it was like before apartheid. And so the organization set up uh, a code uh, of good practice with regard to uh, benchmarking corporations and researching what corporations are doing in South Africa and what South African corporations are doing in the rest of Africa. Um, I hear lots of your, your listeners and your participants earlier talking about corruption in in um, Africa, for example. But you know, people don't realize that, that interna- uh, illegal financial flows out of Africa by corporations rose to $836 billion between 2010 and 2015. And Africa's external debt is $770 billion, which means that Africa is actually accredited to the rest of the world. Um, and it is our resources that actually keeps the global economy running, uh, including now with this war in Ukraine and with the post-COVID situation that we are in. It is our coal, it is our mag- manganese, it is our uh, minerals, our iron and so on, copper and so on. Uh, the war in Ukraine is being fought with bullets. Bullets are made, mainly made from copper. Copper comes from the Congo and from Zambia and so on. Um, you know, uh, we actually fund the global economy, and it is our labor which uh, makes that global economy possible. And weak governments in Africa serve a purpose because the weaker your government is, the easier, easier it is to have uh, minerals flow out of African countries, to have finances flow out of African countries and keeping African countries perpetually in debt, uh, you know. So really, we we, we should not pretend that somehow corruption in Africa is just an African phenomenon. It's a global phenomenon and it disadvantages Africa. And it it has come to exist as a structural phenomenon Mm. that actually leads to the exploitation of Africa. And here we are, uh, mining in Daba. Uh, It happened in 2022. There was uh, quite a lot of excitement for those who attended who could afford uh, tickets that were ranging even up to 20,000 rand per ticket. And uh, for those who like the benchmark foundation, always looking at the heart of the community, were not quite pleased with this particular one. Why is that, David? Well, I think that every year we have an alternative mining in Daba in Cape Town to parallel uh, the, the, the main mining in Daba and to bring the voices from the ground to the forefront. Because, you know, uh, the people who live in near mine communities, the workers who work in those mines and so on, are often left voiceless. And we are now 10 years after Marikana, 
And we have to look back and say, what has changed since Marikana? What has changed in the industry? Because when the Parliament Commission sat, we recommended to the President Zuma at the time that the Commission should actually extend its mandate to look at the entire industry and not just at the five or six days uh, that preceded that massacre. Because the conditions for that massacre still exist um, within near mine communities and with mine workers and so on. We are experiencing the gold mine workers strike at the moment when mine workers are demanding a thousand rands more, more per month. When a, a CEO of a leading mining company gave himself a bonus of 600 million rands. Mm, that's where we currently are. And how did the alternative mining endeavor uh, hold? Was there much um, attendance? And what were your key discussions this year? Well, we, 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 we have a problem with COVID this year. So we had to have a, a mixed uh, conference that mixed uh, technologies. Um, you know, we had to limit the number of people that came uh, and we had to uh, increase the number of people who participated by Zoom and other means. Um, you know, but I think that that we we had hoped that COVID would lead us to a new thinking about the economy and about society. But in actual fact, all that we see at the moment is that it seems like climate chaos is out the window with this war in Ukraine. Uh, which is a very profitable war for all parties involved, especially the arms industry, um, and a very costly war at that as well, uh, where money could have been spent on poverty, where money could have been spent on housing, where money could have been spent on global food security and food sovereignty and so on. We are all paying a very heavy price for uh, the military-industrial complex, the global military-industrial complex that fabricated basically a war between uh, Russia and Ukraine so that everyone could make a lot of money post-COVID and get themselves out of the uh, economic doldrums they were in during COVID. Now, we also have other issues that are very close to our hearts as South Africans, and that is uh, of one such as the Lily Mine. Was anything... Discussed around this, well, or well, well, you see, you see, the the issue of the lily mine is 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 one which uh, is very close to our heart at the Benchmarks Foundation because we find that the Department of Mineral Resources is issuing mining licenses for mining companies to pillar strip uh, deep level mines, and that is what caused the lily mine disaster. They were pillar stripping the pillars uh, below the surface, which caused the whole surface to collapse uh, into the mine itself. And we find that in the Johannesburg area, all along Main Reef Road, uh, mining companies are applying for pillar strip mining and they are getting licenses for it. And we, we actually, uh, you know, we actually opposed one Australian mining company's application and stopped seven of its operations out of nine. And I think that we are uh, in court at the moment with the last two uh, with regard to that particular operation. Um, you see, we, 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 we're not opposed to mining as such, but we do want mining to be responsible. We do want mining to benefit near mine communities, and we do want mining to benefit the South African economy and the workers who produce the wealth of those mines.
Mm-hmm. A-team is joining on the conversation. Um, we are speaking to David van Weyck of a Benchmark Foundation. And we are talking about uh, the mining endeavor that was held. And they also had an alternative one. There are many challenges uh, that are faced in the mining industry, the strikes that are currently happening uh, for those who work in the mining industry to get increases in their, in their wages. Um, a lot of challenges, environmental challenges as well. So perhaps you've got um, something to add on to this conversation, you can do so by WhatsApping 0614104107 or SMS41391. You can also call in on 011-714-2006. Let's talk about accountability and if uh, the relevant uh, department in government is actually bringing to book all those who are in the mining sector who have, um, you know, had bad practices uh, uh, that have impacted on communities, workers, environment, and the like. Is there accountability? Well, well, well I participated in a conference just yesterday on environmental crimes, um, looking specifically, my, my, my input and that of Mariette Lieferink and so on was around the issue of um, lack of accountability with regard to the environment. And as the Benchmarks Foundation, we are concerned about a number of aspects of the uh, of MPRDA, the, the Act which governs um, uh, mining in South Africa. Uh, one of the things that we are concerned about is that although we've got very good environmental laws and we've got very good water regulations and laws and so on, uh, we find that the um, mining industry is the only business sector in this economy which is not accountable to those specific departments. So uh, if you, for example, want the green scorpions to investigate uh, an environmental transgression by a mine, the Department of the Environment will tell you, sorry, uh, that competency is with the DMRE. Uh, if you want to uh, investigate an issue with regard to labor uh, or, or, or mine health and safety, you will find that uh, unlike all the other businesses that have to account to the Department of Labor and the Department of Health, uh, in this particular instance, the, you, the, the accountable department, again, is the DMRE. So we've got a super department, which has got superpower because it is accountable <clears throat> for um, its own environmental regulation and labor regulation and so on, which I suppose every other business would like to have a similar situation, uh, which, which would preference them because this department is being preferenced above, uh, above all others. And so uh, because of that, the, mining, uh, the Department of Mineral Resources also promotes mining. Now, you cannot promote and regulate at the same time. And this is why we think at the Benchmarks Foundation that environmental issues should fall squarely within the Department of the Environment's uh, responsibilities. Uh, the same with labor, the same with health and safety. Um, you know, so, uh, and that is why these things are happening. That's why these bad practices are happening. And you, you had the Auditor General's report earlier this year about there had been absolutely no progress in the last 10 years with regard to mine closure, rehabilitation, and, and, and uh, you know, overcoming this problem of 6,000 abandoned, derelict, and ownerless mines in the country. And we know of new mines becoming ownerless and derelict all the time. You know, and this is very concerning because we're a water-scarce country, for example, and an owner, ownerless and derelict mine seeps acid water and poisonous water into the water system uh, in the country. And gradually, uh, we are going to run into a situation in South Africa 
where uh, we won't be able to supply uh, adequate water. We will lose our water sovereignty because we are not actually behaving responsibly with regard to the impact of the industry on water. Let's go to some of our A-teamers voice notes. Hi, this is Patrice. The mining in Daba, it's not owned by a South African company. The intellectual property of the Indaba is not owned by the South African company. And that goes for all the major Indabas within Africa. So you have this association for the African events, which is basically all the big guns that comes together, form an association, um, and they own continuously the chain of all the Indabas. Just do the research. So we should, shouldn't at all think that these people have the interest of um, our people at heart at no cost whether it's through the mining itself the indaba who supply things etc nothing nothing at all good evening mantuli and the gentleman from benchmark foundation mr van Veek. i am originally from kzn there is this company that prospected our land without our permission as rightful title deed owners. The reason why they could do that, that is prospecting, is because they are colluding with the king of the area and the indunas without us rightful owners permission i would like to know from the gentlemen that you have over there as to how they can help us to fight this so that this mining company will not be able to mine in our area without our permission because now it's a david versus goliath thing thank you Sure. Um, can you please come in, David? I know they've mentioned your name, but yeah. I know you are where it's the David and Goliath story, not your story. So please help our A-teamers. What is it that they can do? Well, well, we, we have been involved in a number of court cases uh, alongside communities. We don't believe that we sh- should speak for communities, but that we should walk with communities. Uh, and, 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 you know, the Tolabeni case, where we were one of the plaintiffs in that particular case, along with the people in that particular community, set a precedent, because that precedent basically said that there has to be free, prior, and informed consent from every person in the community, every household in the community. You cannot actually um, issue a mining license without the company having proved that they have consulted. And if they have not done so, you take them to court. Um, and and, and uh, if the gentleman uh, would want to contact the Benchmarks Foundation, um, he should please feel free to do so because we, we can suggest our pro bono legal firms and so on that will assist Lawyers for Human Rights, Legal Resource Center, Center for Applied Legal Studies, uh, Center for Environmental Rights, and so on, um, all can step in um, and assist uh, in cases where uh, 
the due procedures that are prescribed by law have not been followed. And we know that that happens very often because communities uh, live in remote areas. They don't have access to technology, uh, especially information and communications technology. They don't have access to the media and so on. And so they really do fight a David and Goliath battle. Um, and they really struggle to get their voices heard. David, please give us contact details so our A-team can note them down and be in touch with you at the Benchmarks Foundation. Yes, I can I can certainly do that. Let me just get one of my cards out here so that you can get uh, the exact details. My own email address is d.fanvake58 at gmail.com, d.fanvake58 at gmail.com. But uh, the Benchmarks Foundation... Our telephone number is 011-832-1742 or 43. Um, and uh, our website, you can go to our website for further contact, and that would be www.bench-marks.org.za. www.bench-marks.org.za. Simple as that. Let's go to uh, the last voice note we can play because of time. You know, the money in Dubai, I just, I, I heard you see a ticket that got them in there was 20,000. So who are the people who should be there? The people who should be there are the have-nots the chiefs from these poor communities in which this mining magnate mine. You know, they do mine in our communities, in rural areas. So the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy could have paid for our chiefs, traditional leaders, to go there so that they could put their view across. So we worry a lot. These people are so rich. They enrich themselves with our resources. They do mine in our communities, but our communities do not benefit from their mining activities. Good evening, lovely sister. I'm Hauzi from Provisa Shufa. Thank you very much, uh, Haozi, um, for that uh, voice note. Let's uh, wrap up our conversation, uh, David. What can be expected for the mining industry and communities and the environment? Well, I think that um, as communities become more informed, and we work with communities, we've got community monitors that we train. Um, as communities become more informed and they find their voice, uh, within the democracy that is South Africa, and they start participating and engaging, we can perhaps push this industry to become more responsible and more beneficial for local communities, the country as a whole, and for the workers who work in the mines. Thank you so very much uh, for uh, joining us, and uh, we hope to have more conversations with you, David. Please, uh, you are most welcome. I'm, I'm, I'm always available. A-teamers, it's 11 o'clock on the dot. Let's go to the beautiful Zoleka Kodashe with the final news bulletin for the evening. Good evening, Zoleka.